Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome to our podcast for the sake of the child. Today, we're going to talk about impact aid. My name is Tara Gleason. I am the podcast producer, and I will be your host today. I'm a former school teacher and currently an active duty Army spouse parent to three military kids, parent-to-parent educator, and curriculum developer at the Military Child Education Coalition. Joining me are Dr. Keith Nespagel, the president of the Military Impacted Schools Association, or MISA, and on the board of directors for the National Association of Federally Impacted Schools, NAFIS. He will probably go into a little more detail about his work, but know that both national organizations advocate for funding support and legislation for federally connected children. We also have Hillary Goldman, who's the executive director at NAFIS, and that's a nonprofit, nonpartisan corporation of school districts from throughout the United States, which is organized primarily to educate Congress on the importance of impact aid. Thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing your expertise and insight with our listeners. Can you start by telling us a little more about you and your work with Military Connected Children? And let's start with you, Dr. Ms. Tegel. Thank you, Tara. I appreciate that. Uh, first off, thank you for your service and your husband's service and, and your, uh, your work with military families across the country. That's wonderful. We support that. Um, my, my name is, as was said, is Dr. Keith Mispegel, superintendent of Fort Leavenworth School District in Midwest, Kansas. Uh, I've been in this district uh, for about 20 years, serving as substitute teacher, uh, teacher, principal, deputy superintendent, now superintendent for the last uh, nine years, uh, and and I'm honored to serve our military families and their their children uh, with high quality education, as well as our military families across the country, and working and advocating for impact aid, uh, federal funding from the Department of Education uh, for our families. And I, I didn't mention to you that we actually lived on Fort Leavenworth when my husband was at CGSC and my oldest son was in kindergarten and went to MacArthur. So I know I think you oh, were the, wow. the principal at Eisenhower. Yeah, so it was I a was. years ago, but but that, we did Excellent. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a, that, that's a, a, the post has changed with that privatization, uh, but it, but it's neat to to kind of hear about someone who was here before. And Miss Goldman, can you tell us a little bit about your work? Sure, Tara. Thank you also. Thank you for inviting me to participate in the podcast. And I also want to thank Dr. Keller and the entire MSEC team for your leadership on behalf of the military child and your consistent support of the Impact Aid program. I've been executive director at NAFIS for three years. I have the good fortune to work with uh, superintendents like Keith, Dr. Ms. Begel at uh, federally impacted school districts across the country, as well as working with school board members and communities and families and other national organizations like MSEC. The purpose of NAFIS, as you mentioned earlier, is to advocate on behalf of federally impacted school districts to ensure that they receive the funding that they deserve to support military children, and other federally connected children. For parents who may not know, what is impact aid? 
Sure, Tara. I'll start off with that answer. So to give us a little bit of a background on being able to understand what is impact aid, let me give you a quick sentence or two about how public schools are financed. So public schools across the country are financed in large part through local taxes, and those taxes generally come from property tax and sales tax. So property owned by the federal government, such as military installations, Indian lands, low-rent housing, national parks, are tax-exempt, meaning that these properties or the activities on these properties are not paying any taxes to help fund the school district. So this lack of tax revenue due to this property creates a financial burden on school districts as well as the local taxpayers. Impact aid was created by Congress. It is a payment from the federal government to decrease that burden. There are specific payments that go to federally impacted school districts from the federal government. So in a sense, it's Uncle Sam paying its taxes. Impact aid funding acts like local property taxes. So it's similar to, you know, I pay taxes to my public schools and where I live. Impact aid dollars act just like the other local taxpayers' tax dollars going to that school district. And school districts can use these dollars to hire teachers, purchase instructional materials, pay for buses, technology, STEM programs, really whatever the school district needs. And there's approximately 1,200 federally impacted school districts across the country. And as I mentioned earlier, NAFIS is their voice in Washington, D.C. So, Keith, what is the role of the school superintendent when it comes to impact aid? It's different than a superintendent in a sense that uh, serves a public school district that doesn't have federally connected students. Uh, in, in the, uh, the reason for that is a lot of our work and a lot of the work that I do on a, on a regular basis is educating and advocating for our military kids to our constituents in uh, the, the local area around the post as well as our legislators in Washington, D.C., uh, to let them know the importance of impact aid. And uh, as, as Hillary Goldman mentioned, the impact aid is important to all the school districts to receive it because it's replacing tax revenue for those students uh, that may live on the, an installation or there may be schools on the installation, like the case at Fort Leavenworth where all four schools I have are on the installation, so it's a tax-exempt district. And, and it helps support initiatives, activities, programs, and staff. So any cut to the program or, or any less support to the program w would be challenging to those school districts serving federally connected children. So I want to make sure parents don't miss this really important document. And I, I used to be a first-grade teacher. I know, uh, Dr. Mistagel, you were a first-grade teacher, too. And I'll tell you that this was the one time I would bribe my students with candy to make sure they brought back that impact aid form. And I've lived in some districts that actually do the impact aid form during parent-teacher conferences. And then parents sit right down and fill out the form while they're conferencing with the teacher. But when should parents expect to see an impact aid form come home? And what does the impact aid form look like? And what types of things does it ask? It, parents can expect to see the, the impact aid survey form come home uh, anywhere from uh, the, the first week of school through the fall. Uh, typically October, uh, you know, anywhere August through October, because that's when 
districts are uh, firming up their enrollment count for the impact aid survey and their state count. Um, that form, and as you mentioned, I, I was a first grade teacher and a fifth grade teacher, and, and, and positive support of bribery with candy was not something I was uh, uh, above, uh, because that speaks to the importance of those forms. And some some parents um, have asked me as superintendent, why do I have to fill this out? I, I don't want to share this information. It's private information. Um, that, that information is typically just the student enrollment information. It does include rank, which is required by the Department of Education, and it does require some additional information, but it's all private between the Department of Education, U.S., and the local school district. Uh, it is strictly for impact aid application and funding that we need to turn in. So, so even just one family saying, I I'm not going to turn this in, uh, can, can take away critical funding for that local school district. And that local school district uses those funds specifically to help not only the federally connected kids, but the entire district to thrive. I'm glad you brought this up because there's some misconceptions about impact aid. Do all schools that have military children present qualify or, or meet the criteria to receive impact aid funding? And I've also heard some parents think that the money the district receives for impact aid goes directly to that specific student, and in this case, military students. Can you clarify some of those misconceptions? Uh, Tara, sure. This is Hillary. I'm happy to talk about that. Actually, um, a school district needs to have a certain threshold of federally connected students before it can be eligible to receive impact aid funding. And so that is a school district must have at least 400 federal students in average daily attendance, or at least 3% of all children in the district, uh, and the district's average daily attendance must be federally connected. Um, so for our conversation, a definition of a federally connected student is a child of an active duty military parent or a student who lives in low-rent housing, or a student whose parents either work on or live on federal property. Um, so that a school district needs to meet that minimum threshold and then also must apply annually for funding from the U.S. Department of Education. So the money doesn't just automatically arrive at the school district door. The school district must count its students and complete a lengthy application, and then the U.S. Department of Education reviews that application and determines the funding payment. And to um, expand on what Hillary says, Tara, the, the, the money, that, the misconception that the money is directly for the child, um, the, that, the, the child is uh, the, the head count of enrollment that allows the U.S. Department of Education to determine what funding is available for that district. So that the money doesn't go to that child, uh, it's not portable and only spent on that child. It is the, the head count of number of federally impacted students in that district is the vehicle to, to get the, the uh, data to the Department of Education for what replaced tax revenue uh, must be sent to the district. And then the district uses those funds in totality of their budget uh, for, for all operations, programs, activities, staffing, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Keith. And there's a lot of different kinds of taxpayers in the community. There may be retirees, young families, single people, some people who have children in the school district, some who don't. And so all of those folks are paying taxes um, that help support the school district. And the impact aid dollars are just added to kind of that tax revenue and service general operating expenses. So what would the impact be for children in schools if impact aid went away or was not appropriately funded? 
I think it would be critically uh, devastating. And, and, and I know that sounds a bit over the top, but, but if you were to ask any of the superintendents that receive federal impact aid, I think that was probably the term they would use uh, because it, it's funding that um, is currently in their budgets because they have a typical number of average of average um, federal connected students and they've already have program staffing activities in place um, in some instances and, and not to exaggerate but there are districts if they lost uh, their impact aid funding or received a decrease would probably have to close some school doors uh, would have to let go staff would have to cancel programs and activities for kids uh, that that's the significance of impact aid uh, for for our for our, our districts, uh, and, and that's why we stress to our parents uh, the, the need to complete those uh, federal impact aid applications when the school district sends them out. Mm-hmm. And I'd add, I mean, we, we survey our members pretty regularly, and some of the kinds of things that school districts are using with their impact aid dollars, um, whether it's modernization of, of buildings, purchasing computers, lab rooms, updating a cafeteria, implementing advanced placement, robotics, STEM curriculum, hiring nurses, school counselors, um, funding their full-day kindergarten program. So if impact aid dollars went away, all of those kinds of things would would be impacted at the school district level. Uh, and either either taxpayers would have to pay more to keep those things in place, or many of those things would go away. So, I mean, we just can't reiterate enough for parents to make sure to get the form, to sign it, and return it by the deadline. Mm-hmm. So, Hillary, is this is this program fully funded, or, or what's the current percentage of funding? I know it's been around since 19, 1950, but I, I feel like it has changed over time as far as, as how it's funded. Right. The program is not fully funded. Uh, it hasn't been fully funded since about 1969 or 1970. Currently, school districts are getting about 55 cents on the dollar that they should be getting paid based on the formula. Here, I'll expand on what Hillary was saying. Part of the challenge with that is with the, the, the national the national budget, uh, but it, I think it's significant to be able to say that Impact Aid program is is if not the largest, one of the largest bipartisan supported laws. Uh, that, that's on the books right now, and that, that speaks highly to the support of our, not only our military, but our Indian lands districts and our federal lands districts as well. So I think there's strong support, just 55% of, of a program funded uh, makes it challenging for continued growth. So if parents wanted to get more involved in, in impact aid, how can they do that? Uh, we would love more parent engagement in our advocacy work. There's a few places that parents can look to. Um, NAFIS, ha- um, we, we do have a Twitter handle, at NAFIS Schools. We have a Facebook page. And then also on our website, nafisdc.org, we have an action center where there's a letter that's pre-drafted for the appropriate time of the legislative process that a parent can view, edit, and then put in their address, and within 30 seconds, a minute uh, of reviewing the the letter and, and making their own edits, that letter can be sent to their federal legislators. Mm-hmm. 
Also, if parents are interested in additional information about Impact Aid, the history of Impact Aid, and the legislation, they, they could visit the MISA website, which is militaryimpactedschoolsassociation.org, and under the, the tabs, there's a lot more information, just like the NAFIS website, to, to help them uh, educate themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And as, as Keith mentioned, Impact Aid is a strongly bipartisan program. And our, part of our strength has be, is part of what we call the NAFIS family. So we value every voice that joins the NAFIS family to continue to advocate for impact aid because we truly believe that these are resources that these students deserve. Absolutely. We do be done without additional support um, from, the, from not only Hillary's office and the NAFIS office, uh, the bipartisan support, but also our support organizations, which, which you'll find on the NAFIS website, um, and specifically for, for MISA would, would be one with, you know, MSEC is a strong supporter, uh, National Military Family Association, AUSA, se- several organizations that, that fully support uh, mobile military families in the education of their kids. And, and I think on behalf of Hillary and myself and, and NAFIS and MISA organization, continued support, continued advocacy and, and education to our legislators uh, is, is exactly the support we would like. Well, thank you so much for both of you for sharing your expertise and your time with our listeners today. Thanks to all our listeners for joining us. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome to our after show. I have someone new with us today. Her name is Jenny Rasmussen. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Jenny Rasmussen. I'm an Army wife and mom to three kids, a seventh grader, a third grader, and a two-year-old. Thank you for joining me for the after show. We might have many more interviews with Jenny in the future, so I'm excited to have someone here in the office with me to chat about some of these podcasts and to share some information with you guys as well. So this week, Jenny and I are in the same school district, even though my kids go to a different school than hers. And our district is doing something brand new this year in regards to impact date, and that is the electronic survey. And and we're on two different sides of the fence when it comes to our opinions about this electronic survey. So we went through and just tried it out. So basically the school district gave us a call and let us know that they were going to be sending us an email with a link in it, individual to each child. We'd click on the link and go in and create an account and then we could fill out the paperwork right online. And so I got one link, I have three kids and I only got one link so far, but I did go in and try it out this morning and I liked it. It was, uh, most of the information was filled in already, like the, the address, the student's name and their date of birth. And then I did maybe one, two, three, four clicks, filled in a couple of information and click submit and it just took a couple of minutes. It wasn't too tiresome except for that I have three kids and I wasn't able to do it all at once today. But we did call the district and they were saying, being that it's the first year that it's taken a little while to get all that information up and ready for each kid. But I think, you know, for me it was pretty easy. Now Jenny has another opinion about it. 
Well, I will say I love automated phone calls. I like to put them on speakerphone and include the whole family in listening to the information for their schools. So I was excited that on our district's phone call, at the end, they talked about what impact aid money is and how much our district receives for each military child. So it helps to motivate us like to fill out the form um, either electronically or by hand and know that within two minutes you've secured maybe a thousand dollars for the school district to be able to increase programs for our kids and curriculum for our kids. So that was good information to have on that phone call, I thought. But I am old school. I need paper in front of me to help me remember to do it. I have too many email accounts to keep track of, you know, one for shopping, (laughs) one for the kids' school, one for work, and too many logins to keep track of. I'm kind of tired of everybody asking for a new login and a new security password for everything, and you can't use the same password for different programs. So I did call and ask if there will be a paper form sent out if people are like me and don't want to do a new login. And they will. They said in this district, they're going to close the electronic survey by a certain date, and that date is on everything. So it's very clear what the deadline is. And then after that date, they will send some paperwork out for us old school folks who want to do it by hand and um, just sign and date it. So it's really nice that they have both options, depending on how some parents feel about doing some information online, that, you know, you have the flexibility to be old school or new school online. So I really like that. We also liked that it was so clear what the deadlines were and why it was so important to fill it out, meaning dollars for co-curricular and curricular activities. They listed that out both in email, on the phone call, and in a text. So it was kind of nice to have all those different ways that the school communicated with us this time. I wanted to talk a little bit, both of us, we've never been at the same duty station until right now. So some of our past experiences with impact aid forms, some things that some districts have done that we liked. So I know the district that I just moved from most recently, they actually had their impact aid forms at parent-teacher conferences. And during our parent-teacher conference, we filled it out right there, signed it, and gave it right back. And I thought, well, that was pretty clever because then you know you have the parent right there in the room with you and that we know that they can do it right there on the spot. So I really like that. And Jenny was telling me about when she lived in Newport. So we've lived in Washington State most recently and then Newport News, Virginia, Fort Eustis prior to that. In Washington State, I believe that it was part of the packet, just another paper as you're doing all the school registration forms and shot records and things like that. And so that's one way that schools ensure that you do it. But Newport News... It was a sheet of paper that, like your electronic survey today, was already partially filled out with information they had on hand, Um, and we just needed to tick about four different things and sign and date it. So that one came home about the same time, about three to four weeks after school started. Very clear deadline dates at the top of it, and I think that... At that school, the teachers had been encouraged to get 100% and reward with either an ice cream party or a pizza party. So it's always good, too, I think, when teachers are 
clear on what impact aid is and can encourage it at their level as well. So at parent-teacher conferences, I'm sure those teachers were able to answer questions about what the money was for and how it could help the district. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jenny, for talking to us about Impact Aid, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Thank you. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.